Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Nat. Yes, this is Natalie Jean, Natalie Jean. Today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Hannah Judson. Hannah Judson is an internationally touring indie music singer-songwriter Boneyard, Boneyard Records, you see, I just woke up right, music festival producer, muse fest, and podcaster, the Hannah Judson Beat. Born and raised in coastal Maine, she came out of the Chicago indie music scene of the 90s. In 2005, she moved her home base to a small village on the Seine River, south of Paris. I should know how to say Seine, I speak French. All right, let's give her a warm round of applause for Hannah Judson. Excellent. That was really nice. <laughs> my, my two, uh, my two uh, little hands are not going to to make it to give you that big applause that you deserve. Well, that was very nice. Very nice intro. So, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm, I'm still I'm still breathing. So that I guess that I, uh, I made I made, it, I made it through the night, <laughs> which is good. Uh, um, and how are you doing uh, this this pandemic, in this pandemic world? Yeah, you know, thanks for asking. So, yeah, pretty good. So right now, just to say, just to, just to like, set the stage. So I'm in my afternoon. Like, I've already kind of had my work day. I've, I've already gone to the local swimming pool. I swam for an hour. I've come back. I've got, I've got wet hair right now, so you can't see me, but... So I'm feeling pretty good, especially with that swimming in. Um, so we, your task right now, it sounds to me like you, you're just still in your morning waking up coffee <laughs> mode right now. So I'm kind of on the other end and other end of the workday. But like as far as the pandemic goes, it's so weird. And it's I find it hard to actually put words around because sometimes mm. it's like truly okay. Like on a minute by minute basis, it's like, okay, you know, I, I have work to do. I work online. I work remotely. I have worked remotely for years. I've got tons of musical projects going on, all sorts of interesting things happening, all sorts of interesting connections. And I'm, you know, keeping that going. Um, I've got, you know, everybody in my small, in my small world is healthy. Nobody has been ill and, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm, you know, I keep that in my, you know, at the front of my thoughts every day that, that really in this past pandemic on a personal level, nothing bad has happened, but it's like that it's hard to even, you know, as well, I have many things to say about this, but like throughout the pandemic, I've been writing songs Mm -hmm. and I've been writing songs about a lot of different things, but I also in it's in the environment that's very hard to describe. It's foggy. It's, think it's hard to move in it's hard to know what the future brings it's hard to daydream about the future um and it's not just the pandemic like we have this horrible pandemic going on and i I think it's interesting because we had a horrible pandemic in 1918 also we've done this before you know multiple times our history we had the the black plague that went on for a hundred or so you know more than a hundred years it traveled it, it took you know it, it ran its course in different places in different times, but we've we've seen this thing before. But we also have such explosive things happening on Earth, right? We've got yeah. social social ex- explosions for better and worse, both, and we've got we've got volcanoes going off all over the world. Like I don't know if yeah. you're following this, but there's volcanoes everywhere, and we've got bizarre weather, and we've got mm kooky brexit which is happening over here on this side of this you know i'm I'm on the france side of the channel but we're watching all this 
really bizarre stuff going on where, you know, two steps forward, one step back. No, one step forward, two steps back. It's just like so difficult to watch happen. And a million other things and things going on in China and things going on in Hong Kong, things going on all around the world are, are, are hard to handle. It's, I, I, so we're in a moment where there's so much good because people are good, right? I think at the, I think 90% of the people, that's my statistic. 90% of people are really good. 10% you got to deal with, but um, so people are good and interesting things are happening and technology is fascinating and, and art, art and music and, you know, the human spirit that we're, we're so good at that. That's what we do though. That's like our best, our best offering, but we've got like the worst going on right now also. So, so how am I? I'm fine. <laughs> In a nutshell, you're, you're like, yes, I am fine. Uh, yeah, no, as I tell people all the time, you know, the pandemic, you know, I woke up the other night and I'm just like, did we, are we really living in this mess? It's, it's just yeah. very surreal because you always hear about this stuff that happened years and hundreds of years ago. So you never think that this could happen now. And so yeah. you're sitting and you're just like, am I going to wake up and this was all a bad dream? Uh, no, that's the sad part. Um, but also there were like positive and also bad stuff yeah. that happened. I mean, there were a lot of deaths. People got sick. I even got COVID and I got sick. I didn't have to go to the hospital, but that's it was good. bad for me. It's still bad for me. But, um, but the, the earth, you know, climate change. I mean, the yeah. trees, the nature was just like, oh, there's nobody in the in the street. I can breathe. The animals ran free. The animals were probably where are all these people? I mean, they're stuck in their house. What are they doing? Um, family, families were just like that worked all the time. People just said, I'm coming back on work because I've missed out so much on family time. These are the positive things that have come out of COVID. Obviously, all yeah. over the world. You had the George Floyd, um, people were marching and stuff like that. People yeah. came together. Um, yes, and at the core, I believe there's a lot of good people. But at the same time, in the past six years, you've seen a lot of horrible people come out of the woodworks. It's just yeah. Um, so, and then it's I think. Like, go ahead. Well, no, I don't want to interrupt you. Go, go on. I'll, I'll follow no, no, after you. No, you can go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so you're like, you know, the horrible people crawling out of the woodwork. And I feel like it's, we're in this pocket of time where their fans are flamed. Their flames are fanned. <laughs> and, and we've seen, again, historically, we've seen that before. You know, we saw that in, you know, Second World War, where what? people who normally were, you know, unnoticeable suddenly are aggressively becoming potential murderers or actual murderers. I mean, it's, it's something, it's like, you know, the good, the good thing is we humans are not individual, isolated, unique, separate. The good thing, you know, at our best, we are connected. We are part of broader ecosystems, you know, bigger than ourselves. But when it goes awry, you get this massive upswell of really bad ideas, of really bad, the worst of people. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that during this time, a lot of people have been thinking about their lives and how they want to live their lives. Obviously, yeah. we knew that for short. Um, the pandemic really made us really realize that life was short. Um, and so I think a lot of people took time to self-reflect about their careers, like, we're in the music yeah. business. People thought about everything and how they want to be per- perceived. And some people have quit their jobs. They're just like, I need to yeah. be happy, which kudos to them. So did you take the time to self-reflect about how you want to be perceived in your art? Did you, yeah. uh, are you thinking about changing the way you, you write? Do you want to be more effective player in life? Uh, did you think about these things? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know if I ever sat down and thought about how I want to be perceived or remembered per se. I, I think maybe I maybe I'm thinking about those things along the way, and I and I'm not sure yet. I, maybe I need more distance on this, but I'm not like sure how my thinking has changed during the pandemic in terms of my own self reflection and my own art. Like I have mm. pivoted. I have definitely made changes. 
but I still have the same day job that I had before the pandemic. And but everything is in flux. All work is in flux. Everybody, every single human being's job is potentially in flux. Although people, you know, either everything will continue the way, you know, it'll continue or there'll be something explosive and a lot of people will lose their jobs. Who knows? I have no idea. But I have, I think one of my, one of my sort of pandemic discoveries has been actually, actually podcasting. It, It turned into podcasting, but it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be podcasting, but I started I started reaching out to friends of mine, creative friends of mine, women, and and it was a very casual project. But I just said, "Come on, come online, and 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 we'll have a conversation. Let's have drinks together, coffee together, wine together." So it started out just like that, and pretty soon I realized I was sort of interviewing them, and then I and so I just kept it going week after week. I would have a different guest, and then in January of this year, I launched an official podcast. But these mm-hmm. podcasts conversations I've been having have been that that's been absolutely changed in terms of just building a network reaching out to people I wouldn't ordinarily reach out to so I started with my own community people I knew very well and I just sort of went out bigger bigger and still keep keep looping in my my personal friends also so it's like the need to be connected whether you're actually whether you live in New York City or you live in Los Angeles and you're in the middle or the thick of it or London where wherever the middle of the world the center of the world universe is for you um either you, you know you might you know physically be bumping into everybody you know because your lifestyle is so connected but even when we're at home it's really important to be connected and and it's a balancing act because people at work are on Zoom all day long and you you know and and not all meetings are important <laughs> or sometimes meetings are way too long or so you can be extremely tired um, of, of maybe either unimportant connections or sort of fake connections. But I was needing real connections like I and I found through podcasting was that I was able to really connect with people asking, you know, by asking them questions about their art, about their creativity, about their process and 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 their their experience during the pandemic. And it would just led to all sorts of different conversations um, okay. based in music. And, and you know, and it, I, I'm interviewing and talking to women in music specifically, but I just, I needed that so much like that, that network. So that was one of, one of my thoughts was that I'm not isolated and um, whether, whether the course of my career goes goes to the right or goes to the left or goes straight forward or you know whatever it looks like in the next years that I'm doing this professionally I am very clear that it is not just me doing it it is my ability to create a network and to work together with other people that's what I do I guess that yeah no <laughs> I, I've learned a lot I love the podcasting because I I've learned a lot about many different people and what they've been through through life, and especially in mm-hmm. the music world. Because my God, mm-hmm. go on in that music world, you can be, you can meet wonderful people, and then you can try, and then people can try to scam you, and then you you learn about all these tools, and then you learn about how hard this business is. Um, it's very fascinating to me, um, mm-hmm. and I all have a lot of the same uh, same things that have happened to us in life, and how we've. Mm-hmm. Tried to get music in different places and how we're perceived and you know how what we want to be perceived and what we want to do with our music. So it's been fascinating. Now for you, did you do any live streaming during the pandemic? Yeah, I have to say, in the first year of the pandemic, I did. I did some. I did some things on other people's stages at different clubs, um, and I did some live streaming from my studio, just my own thing. But I really don't like the quality of the sound mm. of the live stream, and I stopped doing it. I, I it was not enjoyable for a while. I was trying to do a live stream every week. I just was, you know, experimenting. I did. I participated. I have a friend in New York who, who, at the very beginning of the pandemic, put together a five, maybe it was a seven day, um, art and music festival with literature and music and all this stuff, and I was really inspired by that and. I have a, a festival that's normally live. It's normally in person. But so in December of last year, I put together a two-day um, 
women in music festival online. <laughs> and so the the quality of sound was okay. And I I had learned a lot of things along the way and I was able to give tips, tips for sound quality. And I'm sure there's much more to learn about it, but um, there's nothing like live music. Right. Right. No, no, definitely. I mean, I did it. I was working with B-squared management. They're like, oh, we should do this, blah, blah, blah. It yeah. was an interesting, um, it's interesting because sometimes you can have a lot of people. Sometimes you can have yeah. sometimes you're singing to yourself, which is fine because I love me. I can sing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it helps to, uh, you know, practice my music and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So I remember it keeps you going, keeps you going. So, um, so that was interesting. Now, um, what, what type of music do you do? I know that you're an indie music singer, songwriter, but what, what yeah. is your music all about? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause I do ask myself that also, I think that I, I, so my music is folk rock. That would be the general, the general umbrella it goes under, but uh, it really ranges from, and my, in, my, the things that inspire me are massively varied. I'm not, I'm not in a particular niche in my brain. I listen to all sorts of different things. I think about all sorts of different things, but I do have a folk sensibility that is a little quirky. Um, I was just, but, but I also have serious rock sensibility that, so those two things come out. Um, so my songs can be pretty stripped down and bare bones along the lines of earlier Cowboy Junkies or Mazzy Star um, or uh, Low, some bands like that, that were really, really like stretching out the sound. And so I, I can have these moments of minimalism and uh, sort of emotional intensity but I also like rock music. And I, I listen to Liz Fair a lot. She's sort of my North Star um, in terms of her, the things she's referencing in her songs. I have a feeling like I understand her songwriting process a little bit, just from having listened and listened and listened. I get her, I think, <laughs> um, and, and really like what she does. And she's got a great rock and roll uh, soul um, and a very and a very unique uh, a very unique presence and she's and she's a hundred percent doing her own thing and so my thing is my rule for myself is I get I can do what I want obviously I can do what I want and so it can evolve and it should evolve uh, I I have a song that my parents listen to a lot of music so I grew up in a house with a, a variety of music going on all the time from classical music from baroque music medieval music a lot of stuff from the 50s and 60s and 70s and um new stuff and uh, new music so experimental music electronic music different stuff they were listening to that stuff yeah. and they had in their kitchen a like a reel to reel they had a record player in a, they had another room i used to listen to their records but they had a reel to reel in the kitchen and i remember a reel to reel of gordon bach who's a folk singer from maine and he had a song that I just, it's, th that he sang that I always thought he wrote. And I, I researched it recently because it was running through my head and he didn't write it. It's actually an old folk song from 1600s that Arlo Guthrie took and rewrote and wrote a few, you know, rewrote a little bit. And then Bob Dylan took it. And there's a version of Joan Baez singing it. And it's called I'm a Rambler and I, I'm a Rambler, I'm a Gambler. And when I was a little kid, I was I had this song. I'm a rambler, I'm a gambler, I'm a long way from home, and it's a fantastic rough story of an individual who's really going their own way. And even as like a little girl, I loved that song. Um, and so I took out my guitar and I googled, you know, some different versions of it, and I listened to Joan Baez singing it, and I. And I've sort of made my own version of it. And I wrote my own verse. The the Bob did there was a Bob there was a yeah, Woody Guthrie verse. I was like, that doesn't relate to me at all. Right. I would I don't want to say those things. So I, I flipped it around a little bit. But it's that's total folk. But I think that's what folk is. Folk music travels through time and people do it their own way for their own purposes. Um it's a it's kind of like may I don't know, maybe it's not exactly like, but but with hard science, with science, scientists are working on ideas, they figure something out, 
they publish it. Other people read their, their results. Other people try to mimic their results, and then they build on them. And I think folk music and music in general works in a very similar way. So I really I don't do covers a lot because I'm too busy trying to figure out my own songs. But every right. now and then I'll give I'll I'll pull out a cover. So I'm working on that super folk song right now. Now what what was it <laughs> that really made you want to get into the music industry? What was yeah. that whoa moment where you're like, music is yeah. me, I need to do this. Yeah, that's a really good question because I never really thought about the music industry or music business until relatively recently. But like in the beginning, I just knew that I wanted to play in a band and I was I knew that I was writing songs and I knew I wanted to do something with my songs and pull other people in in on it. And um, and and when I got my first band together, I was living in Chicago and I, I pretty much actually everybody I knew was in a band everybody was in a band so it wasn't like I was joining or thinking about an industry I was just doing what everybody was doing um every yeah everybody knew was an artist and in a band it was Chicago in the 90s was so much fun it was it was a city that had not like tamped itself down yet it had not lost its soul yet it was not it was not all about real estate in fact it was, there were areas that were still pretty bombed out and it was a place that was a huge city wide streets big apartments in the 90s not so expensive so for people really getting started it was a great it was a great place to be bopping around um, right. and the, the music scene was super cool yeah Okay, so we're going to play your song, Parachute. Tell me what that's about. Oh, yeah, so Parachute. So that is off my last record, uh, Stingray. And Parachute, I kind of like the song because it's it's about jumping, leaping. It's about taking a chance. It's, it's It sort of tumbles metaphor to metaphor. It's not a story about a particular person, but it's about letting go of some things and falling into others so it's pretty optimistic song which i don't always do so yeah all right let's play it
It's a fun song. I like it. Thank you. That was fun to listen to. So I haven't listened to that record for a while now, and that was really fun to listen to. I have to say, I recorded it with with J.L. Espada, my producer, in Sacramento in the summer of in the summer of 2019. I have to think back, like what year are we in? It's hard to learn now. But it's summer of 2019, and so the days that we were recording where it was a heat wave and it was like 102 degrees, 103 degrees. It was super hot. And mm. but although we were in this recording studio that had air conditioning, everything I played, I played really slowly. And so that song, I actually played much faster than that. That's like, to me, that's like a really like stretched out version of this song. It's like very, it's in molasses a little bit. Now, what do you enjoy most about being an artist? So, well, there's so many, there's so many pieces to right. being a creative person and being a creative person isn't always just your craft, just the thing you do, like just music. It's like the way you put your life together or the way you organize, you know, all sorts of things or the way, the way you perceive things or the way you visualize the future, or the way you maintain your optimism in spite of, <laughs> in spite of things swirling around uh so what do I enjoy most about being an artist I think it's being in the brain space of being an artist Mm -hmm. so it's not just a particular activity like I enjoy I enjoy meet and greet after a show I enjoy that I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy I enjoy the whole process I enjoy writing songs I enjoy writing I enjoy trying to figure out social media and trying to which at its base is about trying to connect with people. And I enjoy trying to make connections authentic and not just be one more noisy noise out there. I enjoy all of that, but I do enjoy the brain of an artist, which I have, which I probably always did, but it's a choice. You can, cause you can let it go. You can lose it. You can just say, well, I'm just going to be a little bit more practical and I'm just going to approach things much more, uh, pragmatically and I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to spend more time thinking about, I don't know, what everybody else, what I think everybody else is doing. But I think that when you have an artist's brain, you recognize the responsibility to your own thought process and to your own, you know, to your own output. And you don't, you, you can't be too concerned about what you think other people are thinking or what you think other people think you should be doing. That has no part of it. I think an artist's brain is open, is receptive, manages information carefully, uh, gets rid of and blocks damaging and harmful information and keeps it out. So it's sort of like creating a, a, a not just a, 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 it's about creating a functional workspace in your head, in your brain. <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly not a scientist. I'm like just talking about this brain <laughs> space that is like creating sort of the artist, the artist brain is slightly a sacred space, as is everybody's brain, of course. But it, if you're going to allow ideas to come in and to, and to, tr- and to transform themselves, the ideas. Right. No, yeah, correct. You're 100% correct. How important is it for you to be an authentic artist? You know, we have a lot of people, you know, some people just want to get into the music business for fame and all that stuff, and they want to mm-hmm. chart, they want to work, and that's fine. That's your thing. That's your thing. Yeah. But like myself and many others, we want to be an effective player in life. We want our music to make a difference. We want, you yeah. know, uh, our music to really resonate with uh, the audience. And one of the things I learned during the pandemic after watching so many uh, webinars and conferences on music is that uh, people love authenticity. And and I did a webinar on TikTok and they said the the best videos, the videos that have the most views are people that are being authentic. People want to see the realness. They want to, they want to see truth. That's what they want to see after the past six years, you know, going back and forth and what's this, is this true, is this not true, and stuff like that. People want to feel connected to something that's real. So, how, so what do you think, 
what do you think is the what is it? What is truth? Like what is authenticity? What is the thing that people see in a TikTok video or on a video or on in social media or live on stage? What are people what are people understanding as authentic? So when there are, so on TikTok there's so many different videos. There's a variety. But it's when those yeah. people sit it could be somebody crying or telling them mm-hmm. they're going through something. Those are the authentic moments. It's not that they have music in the background or they're doing doing a duet or stitch or whatever that encompasses TikTok, but it's more about somebody just sitting down and telling you what they are going through. Or yep. they could be telling you what music they love, or they could be talking to you about being a mom or, or being a sister or just being. And how yes. life has affected them, and they, they said those are the, the the authentic moments. Or it could be somebody dancing, you know, just yeah. dancing a song, and they're just they're they're showing you their joy. Yeah, so I like that. Do you know? I think that at its best, music specifically, like when somebody's listening to music, when you're when you're listening to music and you have a transcendent moment, you, you know, just as a listener. It's because you feel something. You feel an emotion. Right. That music has triggered an emotion. And I think so maybe it's that, that the, that the person talking, the person dancing, their presence mm-hmm. is not fake. It's not going through. It's not going through a filter. It's not about what other people think. It's direct, and it creates a, an emotional response in the viewer. So is that what authenticity is that is that it authenticity is like a beeline of emotion like it's like a main line of emotion it's not a, it's not it's not it's it's like um, not giving into the pressures around the world to being something that you're not it's yeah. about listening to your inner intuition and and doing your own thing it's even in the music world you know, obviously music is subjective, and I think a lot of people forget that. They get upset when their music is not placed or is not on the radio or you, you, you put it in a songwriting contest and it doesn't win. I've done, I've entered so many contests where songs didn't get anything in one and the same song got one something in another. Uh-huh. Um, it, yeah, a, that's super subjective. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not caring about what people think, but just being you. Yes. Just you and accepting every aspect of who you are in all its glory. You can have flaws. You can have stress marks. You can have so many things, but you're just your authentic self. You're not trying to change any part of you to make somebody else happy. Okay, that's key thing, what you just said, that you are not changing yourself to make another person happy, although, although same thing, you can transform, make changes mm-hmm. to make yourself happy, to make yourself, you know, so you're, because, at, you know, we're at our best, we are always sort of moving and grooving and changing on the inside. Like we're like, oh, you know, moving idea to idea and, and, you know, hopefully improving ourselves or transforming, but you might have a season where you don't improve yourself. You actually slide back a little bit, but however, but that's, but when it's you reflecting on you, that's one mm-hmm. thing, but making changes to make somebody else happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to swear on this radio show, but <laughs> that. <laughs> I love, um, yeah. So I'm all about authenticity. I'm a person that speaks, I speak my truth. I mean, I try not to be mean. Unless unless somebody pushes me to the point of yeah. I'm not mean, but I'm very direct. Yeah. Um, and I'm not because for a long time for myself, um, I used I used to be a people pleaser when I was a lot younger. Yeah. And yeah. I oh my god when I when I grew out of that, I really set myself free. So yeah. um, I'm not what you see is what you get basically. Um. But- See, that's, that's very easy. That's good for you because then you don't have, because then you don't have to worry about it. Then it's like, you don't have to second guess yourself because it's clear. You are clear with yourself. But that thing that what you just said about, about being a people pleaser and then letting go what other people think, that is one of the most important things to do. And because 
because it's a clog in your head. It becomes like having chewing gum in your brain. You have to, it's, it's a no, it's, it doesn't, it it makes things harder. Um, And it's a problem. Yes. I think that's a central, a central activity to progress through adulthood. I mean, if if you've brought that trait into adulthood is to just get rid of what other people think. Amen. You know, and the other thing is because you will find your people. If once you are yeah. you are clear with yourself, your your people will find you, and you will find them. So exactly. it's already a done deal. You don't. It's not like there's something to worry about or to worry about being alone or worry about that you're going to make a mistake or that you won't have done the right thing. Your true self will do the right thing. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're yeah. Going to play song "Water Me Down." Oh, okay. So this is an example of a, so this song is a little bit more chill than what we heard before. And I, I think that this particular version of the song, the recorded version is a little bit more rocking than actually how we play it live. When I first wrote this song, it was very, um, it was very uh, minimal and emotional. And so it's been, it's been amped up a little bit, but water me down. Actually, I have to tell you the first, kernel of inspiration for this song was a painting that I was looking at by Giotto, who is an, a, a transitional artist. He was late medieval, early Renaissance Italian painter who was painting. Um, I haven't thought about this painting in a while. I, I forgot the story, but this is how this song started. He has this painting called... Um, Oh, now I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's a painting where it's, you know, it's Catholic, it's religious. It's that those were the things he was being paid to paint. And right. it's where the Holy family has buried Jesus and they've gathered around his, they've gathered around his um, grave. And rather than just painting a symbolic version of this, which is what would have been painted in the middle ages where everything was symbolic, it was front, frontal, flat. He painted yeah. This family gathering around a grave, a grave of somebody they loved, and they were in mourning. And in the sky, the angels are grieving, and they're they're moving in different directions. And they're individual, they're individual angels, and they're they're dynamic, like they're angels, but they're also sort of like dynamic stars. But the family, when I was looking at this painting, which is so old, so from another era, I was thinking every single family goes through loss and grief together at some point and that it's it's you know biblical story it's an old thing but the but the emotion that that transitional late renaissance late uh, gothic early renaissance artist was able to create something so universal nothing to do with biblical story it had everything to do with humanity. That's like the essence of the Renaissance really is that yeah. it's about, it's about our human experience. So I was thinking about that, about loss and togetherness and that experience. And, and tr- I, I wish I could remember the name of the painting. It's not in the Annunciation. It's one of those things that happened. Uh, I forget. I'll look it up and I'll tell you, but so, but look up Giotto, G-I-O-T-T-Giotto, oh, <laughs> and um, yeah, you'll find, this will be one of the paintings you find, family around a graveyard, angels grieving in the sky, gorgeous, stunning, emotional painting, and in my song, my version of the song, as I was writing it, I, every time I sort of got off track, I would just look at that painting again, just to remember that sense of communal family grief and transcendence because at the end of the day ideally there is transcendence also amen to that let's pray <laughs> <laughs>
wonderful. Thank you. So while we were listening to that, I looked up the name in English. It's Lamentation, The Morning of Christ. Lamentation by Giotto is the painting that that, that, that sparked that song. I will definitely look that up. So what's coming up for you? So what's coming up? So I've been, I've got all these songs that I've, that are in various states of completion from the pandemic era. And what's coming up is I'm figuring out how to record them. I normally work with my producer who lives in Sacramento, California. And um, normally I've been going to California every summer and do, and doing some shows and working with um, my producer, Jay Alaspada um, at Boneyard Records. But Obviously, that didn't happen this summer, although I may be going in the fall, and we might be able to eke out a couple of songs. I'm also figuring out ways to set up a, um, a production system where I am here working with my own band to do some recording, with our, recording ourselves. We each have a variety of skills. Um, nobody has a full... Uh, a full um, studio, so we'll have to we, we'll have to see exactly how it goes. But I, I think it's really important to record and release because it 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 allows you to move forward really, um, and it 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 marks your work in time. And so what might be happening? I've always sort of recorded like little albums or little EPs, but I think what I might do is just release songs one at a time for a while, and that might be two years of releasing songs one at a time, and at the end gather them all up and put out a record. Um, I think that's probably what's coming up. But what else is coming up? So I've got some thoughts around MuseFest, which is my um, uh, music festival that amplifies women in music and the arts. And last year's uh, festival was online. And I'm thinking this year's festival will be towards the end of the year and will also be online. And I'm thinking it can be, since last year I really learned how to do it online, this year Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little bit bigger um, with probably some different kind of activities, maybe some panel discussions, more things going on, but definitely continuing to amplify amazing women who are doing, you know, great work. So that's important to me. So I've got that coming up. Um, I've got some other things. I've got, I've got other, yeah, but I, I have to remember this weekend I've got on my podcast, I'm going on my podcast, a couple of guests ago, I interviewed Beth Whitney, who is a singer-songwriter from the Pacific Northwest, and at the end of our conversation, she said, this is so interesting, can I interview you? So this podcast, which is going to be on Saturday, I do a live stream, and then I release the podcast later, but on the live stream on Sunday, Beth Whitney is going to be interviewing me on my podcast. That's coming up. Um, I don't have any shows coming up, but I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking that it might be easier to book shows in the U.S. where things are a little bit more open, except that, I don't know, where are you located? I'm in Maryland. You're in Maryland. So so what's the scene there? Like, uh, is it true? I mean, I'm seeing the artists who I follow in the U.S., people are booking shows and are touring again. People are, you know, moving around. Um, what What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, in the U.S., definitely people are starting, bars are opening up with uh, performances and people are touring. Uh, even large venues are opening up more. Um, but at the same time, you know, the mask mandates are coming back because of the Delta variant. Yeah. Um, but people are going out and um, doing their thing. You know, we have to yeah. doing things. Uh, th- there won't be a shutdown in the United States. Uh, yeah. People were tired tired of that we just have to be vigilant I mean I don't Uh, there's a lot of people that are still not vaccinated I can understand why Um, I'm not a vaccinated I don't like that whole idea of vaccines I'm not into it but I did get vaccinated because I just want the world to open back up Um, it's just been it's been crazy Um, we just have to you know keep moving um, and see what happens Um, yeah this whole pandemic carrying itself is getting on my nerves. Um, just, yeah, 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 for sure. One day it's got to end. One day it's got to end. Um, but you're in France. How's the music yeah. scene over there? Well, things are shut down still. And so, you know, pe- people are booking gigs and shows are being booked, but things are also being canceled at the same time. It's still yeah. optimism canceling, optimism canceling. And so 
it's kind of hard to know. Um, and then borders are open, right. but not open necessarily to America. It's it, it's complicated um, the, for for America. Like I'm, I have a French passport, so it's different. But but for Americans who want to come here and tour, it's extremely mm-hmm. complicated moving from country to country. Um, so anyway, so I, I am thinking that I'll put some shows together uh, in the U.S. maybe towards the end of this year. Awesome, and hopefully. Things will be a lot better, damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. I've enjoyed our conversation. I've learned so much. This was super fun. Thank you for asking questions and then letting me talk and talk. <laughs> that was fun. Much needed. Oh, my God. I know. We need moments like this. We need to get to know other new people and have other people, you know, that I can go to on Spotify and listen to your music and just feel joy and contentment. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll be following you and, um, and watching your uh, journey in the music world. And hopefully one day you can do a live stream and we'll have a great time. Yeah. We should do a live stream. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a live stream. Let's do an IG live. Yeah, so be- we should do a chatting with Nat live stream concert. Yeah, why not? We could do why that. Why not? Yeah. We have, we have a stream yard, so yeah. um, we could perform on that and do our Totally. Thing. I totally use stream yard. Yeah. All right. Let, let's All right, so, so we've got a project. Very nice. I'm glad we got some work done today. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Um so have a great day and have a great week. And thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. Yeah, my pleasure. This was a blast. So we'll talk to you soon. We've got some planning yeah. to do. That's right. We're going to do it because that's, that's who we are. Exactly. Getting it done. All right, everyone. This was Chatting with Nat with the amazing singer-songwriter Hannah Judson. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.